Last week, we uncovered the hard truth about systems. This week, we talk about events and how they can make or break your nonprofit. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited today. We are talking about something that is important to nonprofits on so many different levels. And a lot of times, I think when we start having this conversation, we get one tiny box in mind about how this should look, what we're focusing on. Um, But we're going to expand this conversation a little bit today. And today we are talking about events. Um, If you're a nonprofit, I'm sure you're running events for fundraisers, events for volunteers, events probably more events than you care to think of um, because everything that we do tends to be event-based. So we're going to talk a little bit today about how to make those more successful and really the why behind them and the attitude going into them that helps them be successful. So Ted, right away, I'm going to throw this over to you. Why don't you get us started? Yeah, well, the first thing that I wanted to really touch touch on with this is that events have so many facets that are going to either help or tear down <laughs> your nonprofit uh, from the what what's the purpose of the event from the outside looking in what's the purpose of like the deeper purpose of the event the the different things that we want to actually think about when it comes to the event because we could be pushing uh, the button of events but actually subtracting from the strength of the organization in order to to pull off an event Mm -hmm. and really what we want to do with events is hopefully move the organization forward right that's the purpose we're putting on an event if it's a fundraiser we're trying to raise money to build the strength of the organization and if we subtract so many resources from the organization not just talking obviously i mean (laughs) if you spend more money than you make in a fundraiser then that's a failure right (laughs) but uh there are more resources in our resource engine than just money there's uh, volunteers and there's time there's uh, great employees there are great volunteer leaders you know there's vision and all the different things that we talk about in our legacy flywheel we can subtract and and honestly events do have to subtract from a lot of those different areas mm-hmm. in order to be able to be successful but what we need to do is figure out how to leverage correctly so that the event in the long term ends up being a huge win for the organization and overall builds the strength I think part of it is I hear a lot of nonprofits talk about their events as if it's separate from their nonprofit. So it'll be like ABC nonprofit putting on this event and they forget to connect the two. So it'll be ABC nonprofit putting on a 5K and they view it as a fundraiser, forgetting that the way that the fundraiser goes directly impacts how people view not just that event, but actually view the nonprofit as a whole. Mm-hmm. That the resources that are being invested from the nonprofit into the fundraiser, um, if it doesn't work out the way that you're anticipating, you might raise funds but lose commitment from some of your key leaders at the same time. And so really understanding that the events aren't standalone things that you do once, twice, three, four times a year. They're not standalone things. And then your nonprofit just continues functioning weekly the way that you're used to it functioning. Um, But these actually have the chance to really make a big shift 
for your organization and it can shift positively or it can shift negatively. And sometimes we forget to link those two, not just in the event itself, because obviously in the events, hopefully we're consciously raising awareness for what it is that we're trying to do, but really understanding how it's impacting the community and the culture that you've built up to this point within your organization. So that when the event is over and you get back into your work, has the has there been a net positive? coming out of that Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day, in your week-to-week, in the mundane activities that you're doing, in the process of moving everything else forward the way you expect it, have you improved that? And is that really growing? Um, Because I think sometimes we just separate stuff a little bit. Yeah, it's true. Now, a a few episodes back, actually, it's probably been like 10 or 15 episodes back, you'll have to check through the podcast list, but we went in-depth into what the Legacy Flywheel is and just really quickly as an overview, overview, the legacy flywheel is the, the idea that the, the organization has so many different facets that need to all be growing and need to be all functioning really, really well in order for the organization to grow and continue to grow in impact and change the world. Now, there are, what, nine different areas on the flywheel, but we separated it into three sections. First of all, you have your ability to execute. This is going to just determine whether or not you're going to be able to do the things that you set out to do. Um, you have the strength of the organization. This is just how powerful your organization is becoming. And then the trust part of the legacy flywheel is all about building trust within the organization and without uh, outside of the organization. When people look at your organization, they're thinking, that's something that I want to be a part of. That's something that I want to give to. That's something mm-hmm. that I want to put my time into and tell other people about. Well, when we're building events, it's really important for us to keep in mind that all three of these things need to be functioning because if you are just pouring a lot of vision and resources into an event, but you do it in a way that breaks down the trust. I was thinking about like this 5K example. It'd be really, you know, you throw together a 5K to raise some money, whatever, but if it's super disorganized and people get this kind of like, oh, that was just not a well-run event. That is breaking down people's trust overall in your organization. They don't see that 5K is being un, like disorganized. They see your whole organization, your whole nonprofit is being disorganized. And that's going to hurt the ability for you to raise funds in the future. That's going to hurt your ability to bring on new volunteers and leaders and, and all the different people that want to come alongside. That might even hurt your ability to bring on new board members or to keep people engaged in their current roles. It might hurt your retention. Absolutely. And that's the part, because sometimes when we get into the mode of working, like volunteering with a nonprofit, um, a volunteer can get used to the way that things are and not really see it. But suddenly you change and you put on a separate event and it's like they get a fresh lens and a fresh view of everything. And if they see something that makes them really excited about what they're doing, they're going to be more committed to their volunteer role. But if they see something that makes them wonder, oh, is this place really functioning well? Is it is it like beneficial? Are we really helping people? Um, that's the question that they're going to bring into your nonprofit the next time that they volunteer. And chances are that because they're looking for those issues, they're going to start to see those issues. They're going to start to see them in the every day, every week type of uh, activities that go on with the nonprofit. Absolutely. Because usually if we're running an event and something is going wrong, it's an outflow of a deficiency that our organization has, Mm -hmm. right? Rather than just it being a one-time fluke. I have this saying that I say all the time about good things and bad things. There's no such thing as a fluke. If it happened once, it can happen again. And if it happened once, chances are it has happened 
in some form or another in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is extremely true when we're talking about events. Now, we've talked a little bit so far about big events that you might throw, you know, once a quarter or once a year. But there are a lot of nonprofits that have events happening every day, events happening every week. I know there's a there's a nonprofit organization called Feed My Starving Children here in Minnesota, where we live. And they have volunteerism events happening all the time where different organizations will come in and partner and put together meals for you know to, to feed kids across in, in third world countries. Well, each one of those meal packing things, they treat as an event and they do a mm-hmm. fantastic job of it, by the way. But they treat that as an event. And so I think a lot of our listeners might have more than just these big events, but also a lot of continual events. If you're a church leader, obviously you have an event happening every week or maybe multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. And you might not view it as an event because you're used to, it's a church, we run service, but it is an event in that it is a time that there is a plan and resources are being poured into it. And so we need to make sure that we understand why they're happening and also that we're doing it in a way that's going to help the organization. Um, Sometimes these events aren't even big events in terms of potential fundraising or even a volunteer push. Um, But you might be doing an event that's like, hey, this is our big thank you event for all the people who have partnered with us this year. We're not asking anything additional of them. We're simply pouring into them. We're investing into them. Giving them some value. Yeah, giving them some value, giving them some fun. Like, we just want to say a huge thank you. That event is still something that you need to think about from all aspects of the flywheel because the way that you execute on it shows them how much value you place on them. Um, The strength in the way that you run the event shows them whether or not there's potential for things to be moving forward um, because they're your key volunteers. They are going to notice everything going wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need to know there's the execution and there's a strength behind it. And as leaders, understanding that they are looking around to see if they can still trust you, even in those moments. Um, sometimes we think that people are so committed to us that we have earned the trust and that trust level never changes. Um, but like all relationships, there's always a potential for things to grow and there's always a potential for things to start getting a little bit shaky. Atrophy. And so Atrophy. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, But we need to be aware of that because even in those moments where it's simply a volunteer thank you event, sometimes we might have the mindset of, you know what, we're saying thank you to them, but they're already committed. They're going to understand if something doesn't go quite right. They're going to, you know, and kind of put less thought into it or maybe... Maybe not less thought, but maybe we're just not as careful with how we handle different things or with the wording that we use because we feel like they know us. They're already on board. I don't Mm. have to choose my wording as carefully. I don't have to worry about explaining the measurable impact or telling good stories. They already get it. And when we start getting into that mindset, it becomes an event that could really detract from the organization, even though in our minds, it doesn't seem like the same kind of event that we would put, or maybe the same kind of pressure that we would put toward a big annual fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm thinking about this too. Events happen on a macro scale, where they're open to the public, they're big giant events that we push to try to accomplish some big giant goal. And then there are events that happen on the micro scale. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a board meeting or a staff meeting yes. or a, a volunteer leadership meeting or just a, a, or a volunteer training. If we have an events mindset that uh, works on the macro scale and the micro scale, this is going to help our organizations to grow and become stronger 
all across the board. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, really tempting for nonprofit leaders to to kind of get into this mindset of like the big events matter more mm-hmm. than the than the micro events. Yes. The one on one meeting with the staff member who's not performing well, you know, versus the big conference where you got 10,000 people at it or something like that. Right. And so uh, having the this this mindset that says, no, all of the events are important and I have to treat them all with the same level of care because one bad conversation with a key leadership person uh, could really, really detract big time mm-hmm. from the uh, from the whole organization. And how you treat one person is how you treat all people generally, mm-hmm. especially in those moments where things get really crazy and there's a little bit of stress involved. If in a moment where you have um, a staff member that maybe you have to have a hard conversation with and you know, like you're walking into it going, I have to handle this well, but there's a little bit of stress and tension. If you treat that without care, Chances are when you're putting on the 10,000 people or 10,000 person conference, if you're in a moment of stress, that same attitude that you had talking about staff member is going to come out when you're talking to a key volunteer there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to understand that our mindset going into any conversation is a reflection on how we probably unintentionally treat every conversation. Um, and becoming aware of that is really, really important, especially when we're looking at things like an event, because every time that we host any sort of event becomes a moment that we can push things forward or pull things backwards. And that's just how it is. And I love what you said. A lot of times we look at the big events as the ones that are important and the small ones are like they're not going to make a difference. Um, when in reality, every event is made up of all of the small events working together. Yeah. All the time. It just it makes me think about um, fulcrums and balance points, like learning, mm. learning about that stuff in physics class in like eighth grade <laughs> about like there are big events that can like push a lot of people in one big direction. But also there are these pivotal little events that mm-hmm. are so extremely important. And because of the weight of that conversation, with the right leverage in that conversation, it could cause really big problems or be a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are two things with events that I think most, most people, most leaders recognize the first one. And that is that there is a main goal with the event. Mm-hmm. Maybe the main goal is we're going to increase our funding by 10%. Or maybe our main goal is we're going to bring on a, a, a bunch of new corporate sponsors this time so that way we can have more corporate sponsors in the future Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe it's not even funding related but it's more about let's just get out and make a big impact we're going to do a big uh, we're not necessarily trying to like grow a volunteer base but we're just like go out and like impact the community in some way Um, those are those are the main goals but Lisa do you want to talk a little bit about hidden elements Mm mm-hmm There are always hidden elements within every event. So one thing that we talk about a lot with fundraisers is one of the hidden elements within a fundraiser is actually growing your volunteer base. Um, Sometimes people think that the point of the fundraiser is to raise funds, and that is true. Um, But it's also to create the event in a way where your key volunteers feel good being a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Other people see the volunteer experience and they are excited to be a part of it and they want to join, they want to get involved. Um, And then there's hidden elements like the way that it's promoted 
isn't only about what the end goal is of raising funds, but the way that it's promoted and communicated about within a community um, really shares a lot about the heart of your organization as a whole. And to, um, and it also shows people what you value most. If you value the end goal the most, if you value the cause that you're trying to help, if you value the, um, the fun that people have when they come together, if you value, I don't know, whatever it is, the language that we use really shows other people where our hearts really are at with it and mm-hmm. what we're really trying to accomplish. Um, with an event, maybe on a different scale, where you're in a staff meeting, um, the way that you run that event, there are hidden elements there too. Are you intentionally creating something that is growing community? Or are you creating something that you are separating people from each other unintentionally by not really giving them an area where they feel like they can talk to one another and actually work out and work work out whatever might be going on or work together in in a new capacity? Um, when you're meeting with staff people, are you bringing fun into the environment or are you teaching them that it's not a fun environment? What (laughs) culture are you trying to build within your organization and how are you promoting that culture in staff meeting without telling the staff members what the culture is supposed to be? Right. Um, How are you actually designing it? Yeah. These are hidden elements for a reason. They're, they're, they're secret. They're kind of like ninjas. And you can be, and, and here's the problem. Lisa just mentioned a whole bunch of different hidden elements that can happen. They can happen intentionally or or they're going to happen They're going to happen either gonna, way. Yeah, they're going to happen either way. So going they're, ahead and planning for them and saying, okay, how do we, how do we, you know, during this volunteer leadership meeting, we are talking specifically about trying to get things organized. So we're working on the systems. That's our overall goal. Mm-hmm. But... How are we making sure that in this meeting, we are also propping up the other parts of the flywheel and making sure that we're encouraging the right people? Mm -hmm. How are we actually encouraging people to grow personally? And how are we doing this in a way that makes people say, hey, I want to bring my friends into this. And we're Mm -hmm. actually hitting on the side of the flywheel that focuses on followers. And so thinking about all these different facets is how you're going to be able to intentionally create these hidden elements. Otherwise, you might focus so hard on trying to get things organized that you are unintentionally teaching people that this is not something that you bring your friends to Mm -hmm. and get your friends involved in. This is not something that you want to give to. This is not, you know. Otherwise, I mean, think about this way. If you have a group of people and you're trying to get them organized and you're the leader and you're like, okay, we're going to get this space organized or this task organized or whatever it is. If you go into it and say, all right, we're getting it organized. Here's what we're doing and you lay out your plan and you just say, all right, do the work, um, that's going to get you a very different result culturally and with your community than if you go and say, we need to get all this organized, keep the plan in your head and say, what are you seeing and how and what do you think is important here? And if you mm-hmm. allow people to communicate, you might end up with the exact same organizational system. But simply by asking a question or allowing for input, could teach people that this is a place where we want your input and we want you considering these things so that you can learn how to develop systems yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's not what you want, then don't ask those questions. (laughs) (laughs) But there are so many different things like that where sometimes we go in with the main thing and we forget about the other parts or 
we think, oh, I should have a hidden element. And then in the middle of whatever it is that we're trying to do, we tell people what the hidden element is. No longer hidden. And now it's not as effective. (laughs) It's no longer hidden. It's not as effective. And you confuse people. (laughs) Because now they're wondering, wait, are we actually organizing stuff or are we trying to work on communication? Or am I supposed to be texting someone right now? If you tell someone too many hidden elements, then they're confused. And confusion is not a good experience for someone. No, I mean, it creates (laughs) it creates three or four different action steps. And people generally just kind of freeze when they have too many options. Mm -hmm. So really helping create the focus and then creating and making the other elements hidden is how you're going to be able to make sure that that those other things are still kind of like building up and and clearly not being forgotten. It can be really easy to just push, 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 push really hard on one thing and the other things kind of fall by the wayside and people start asking their questions like, man, I thought we were supposed to be trying to have fun. You know, like a month ago, this volunteer meeting was really fun and now it's like clearly not fun. Like we are not having fun right now. And it can, like you said, it confuses people and makes mm-hmm. them they're on edge and that 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 right there breaks down the trust yeah. right and trust is so extremely important that also got me thinking about um a way that you can tell if you've had successful hidden elements in the past that maybe you didn't realize um if you hear key people um volunteers people that you're helping whatever it might be um people surrounding your organization talking about i remember a year ago when we did this and that was awesome why aren't we doing that anymore mm. in your mind you might be running this the same style of event and you might be running it the same way um but maybe it's that you got comfortable running the style of event so maybe you didn't bring in as many leaders around you because you felt like you already had it figured out um or maybe it's just that it took longer to plan the first one so people had more time to get to know each other or maybe in the first one you had a super late night because you simply didn't plan well but you're like you know what we're gonna make this great we're gonna bring tacos and people are gonna hang out (laughs) and something about that made that event better um whenever you hear that make sure to take a moment and ask what about it makes them feel like that one was better? Hmm. Like what specifically gave them that feeling or gave them that impression? Um, Because chances are you were doing a great hidden element. It was just also hidden to you. Oh, that's really good. (laughs) And so you're trying to rebuild something that worked really well, but maybe you weren't fully aware of what was happening behind the scenes. And honestly, when you're leading an organization of a certain size, it could have been that a different leader did something that made a huge impact and you just simply weren't aware of it. Um, And so really digging into that and not just taking it as, oh, they liked how it was and now they're just complaining. They're not complaining. If they care enough to tell you that they enjoyed a past event more, they are trying to communicate with you. I care about this and I wish I cared more right now. I wish I was that excited. (laughs) I wish like I care about this, but I wish I had that feeling. I wish that I could get that back. And they're trying to communicate with you. Here's how I could be even more involved. And here's how my commitment level could increase. Um, It's Mm. valuable information. That's not a complaint. That is a little... They're trying to give you a hint. They just don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes people just complain, but you can usually tell when that's the case because things come completely out of left field. They're like totally weird, mm-hmm. random, but you can still learn things from those yeah. complaints. But uh, the last thing that I'll say about events is we want to go ahead and make sure that we are planning events enough that we can promote the next event at the current event. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know enough about what the next event is going to be. So if you know you're going to have a quarterly event, have your events, you know, two quarters ahead, at least the date, what it's going to be, a few details about it. So that way you can promote that event at the current event because you're, this this event right now is going to be your best marketing push for your next event. Mm-hmm. Hands down. There are people, they are yes. already on board. They're already sold out. They're, all, they're already like gung-ho about this thing that you're trying to accomplish. And you tell them like, hey, remember, in the summer, we're doing this thing. Right now, this is spring. But just keep in mind, you can go ahead and save it on your calendars right now. da 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 We'll talk about that a little bit more as we get closer to it. But we wanted to make sure you knew about that since you're here right now. And obviously you want to see this cause go forward. Mm -hmm. This is why if you travel to conferences ever, um, they always know when the next conference is. They know what the dates are. They know at least a couple of the keynote speakers. Mm -hmm. And they have a link for you to buy tickets in the moment. Get early bird pricing. And get early bird pricing. It's because when people are having a great time at one event and you mention the next one, they are ready to commit more in that moment versus is if you give them space and time and then allow them to consider it um, on their own time or honestly, and this is doing a disservice to the people at the event, is they might not even hear about it. Mm-hmm. If there's someone who came and this is their first big event with you and maybe they didn't get on a list, they're not in contact, they're not quite following you on social media yet, they're just learning about your organization. They gave you an email that was like Jeff three, four, seven. It's like clearly their spam email. Yep. Because <laughs> they wanted to test you out to see if you were going to be annoying. Yeah, because they're still testing the waters, but they're not really looking at stuff. Like this is your chance to stay in front of them and let them know we have more plan. This isn't a one and done. We are in this. We care about this. We are looking ahead to the future. And it's a chance to build trust because if you say, we put on this fantastic event and someone says, when's the next one? You're like, I don't know when I feel like it. That is that makes it hard for people to get excited and to build with you. Um, whereas if you have someone at the at that event and they know that you have your next event figured out, you have an idea for the one after, they're starting to hear that you're planning ahead for the future and that you're planning for growth, it's a great way for people to, one, jump on board a little bit more if they're starting to think, man, I want to commit to this a little bit more. There is another event. Maybe I'll opt in this time. Um, And then also just to be able to build trust that the organization is thinking ahead. Um, Because people want to know that, that that nonprofits are thinking more than next month or next quarter. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, I would say for for the money savvy individuals who are, I don't know why I said it like that, (laughs) money savvy individuals uh, who are, you know, they they actually know how to manage finances and stuff. They're thinking ahead, they're planning ahead, and they want to know the organizations that they're giving to are planning ahead. And again, that focuses a lot on that trust part of the legacy flywheel. Mm-hmm. And um, and so anyway, this has been a conversation that has been really, really good about events. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there any other thoughts that you have before we wrap up? No, I think that's pretty good. Awesome. We want to hear what your next big event is and what you are uh, planning on being the main goal of that event. And also... What's your hidden element that you're going to intentionally build? You can go ahead and send us an email at office at LegacyBuildersINTL.com. We'd love to hear about that and hear all your thoughts. And and maybe if you got like a couple questions like, oh, what do you think about this? Or should we do this? Throw that in the email. We want to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersINTL.com.